Investing insights with Right Property Group. Exploring trends in real estate and helping property investors gain financial security. Welcome everybody, Steve Waters and Victor Kumar from Right Property Group. Back again for, well, I think this is our last This is film. the last one. Yeah, the last film version for the year of our Investing Insights podcast. And Clearly, what a year it's been. It's been phenomenal for some uh, and a uh, testing for a few others, uh, depending on where you are in life and depending on how COVID has um, uh, impacted you, uh, your job. And I think one of the key things that has come out is that there's no such thing as job surety. Do you know, and, and that's really, when you drill back to it, that's probably the reason a lot of people want to invest in any asset mm-hmm. class for that matter is that security or that the choice that is given once you hit that end goal of whether it be residual income mm-hmm. or or wealth or, or a combination of both. But absolutely, it's changed everything that we know. And I, we've talked about this many times over the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. But when we sit back and reflect, there are so many instances where potentially the shape of investing has changed considerably. Yes, The fundamentals haven't changed, albeit I think people will forget. Mm. Very quickly when life returns yeah, to normal. Exactly. Yeah. But in the meantime, what they'll do is they'll – people may be – tending to forget about the fundamentals and what actually is important around investing yeah. rather than a, I won't call it a fad, but a, a short-term scenario like we have today being mm-hmm. COVID. And whilst I say it has shaped the future of investing in some components, um, where that be location or how or you know, whatever it may be, there'll be certain aspects which will never change. Mm. And unfortunately, people might fall into the trap uh, and pay the consequences over the years to come. But it's yeah. been a massive year. Absolutely. And and one of the key things that is brought to the forefront is the fact that when you're looking at investing, uh, it's it's brought to the to the um, um, forefront of investors that it's not just about buying property. It's actually getting to that income portion of it to actually have income replacement via investment. Uh, whereas pre-COVID, most people are thinking of, you know, I need to buy an investment property. Uh, I need to buy one, two, three or, or build up equity. But now, more than ever, everyone's talking about what's the cash flow going to be like going forward and, and how can I get more surety in terms of lifestyle? And lifestyle equals cash flow, right? Or cash flow equals lifestyle. Uh, whereas previously, people were largely concentrating on equity, whereas equity is more wealth. But you know, you can't spend wealth if you haven't got the ability to hold on to these properties. Yeah, you could have all the equity in the world, but if you don't have the cash flow to support it, exactly. well, you're not in a very... Strong position, and, mm. and not that I think that um, the the face of investing has changed, where people are going to have this ma- massive pivot or aha moment back to, well, this is the way I should have done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that will come in the years down the track, um, but it's really more about it's not buy and hold, it's buy and manage. Yes, and I think that's the crucial point. That's people right. are people tend to, as all the books say, create a passive income, and it's not passive. There's a mm-hmm. there's an element of work when you've got several properties yep. that you need to manage your managers and there's maintenance components and everything else that mm. goes around it. But it's what we do now. And even more importantly, as we head into the Christmas break, what can we do now to manage our position or what homework and strategic steps and moves that we need to be doing now during the Christmas mm-hmm. period that'll put us into a good position for the beginning of next year through to the end of next year? Yeah. Because it won't be, well, let's go away, have a break, have a mental Shut down. Shut down mm-hmm. and then create some New Year's resolution goals and think that we'll click our fingers and it'll just 
gain momentum itself. It's mm. usually what happens now at the tail end of the year will have a direct bearing on that initial startup of the following yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that we, we strongly advocate is, and, and we've said this before uh, around uh, different festive seasons as well, but more so this year is that you don't want the festive season to derail your plans. In fact, you want to use this time to take lessons of what 2020 brought and uh, pre-plan 2021 uh, using the metrics of what you've learned. Uh, and importantly, when you're looking at the lessons that 2020 has brought in terms of investing, in terms of life, in, in terms of work, um, we need to use that to help shape our future. And uh, early in the year, uh, at the beginning of 2020, because it was a round number, uh, we thought we'd bring to the forefront something that we've been doing, uh, you know, doing for our clients for years now, which is helping them design the decade. Uh, and more so now than uh, than ever, it's uh, we've been working uh, behind the scenes with a lot of clients to help set set them set them up for the decade. But given that they, we've got very low interest rates, given that we've got uh, a really potentially a really good run in terms of uh, price increase and rent increase in the immediate future. Um, it's, it's important to relook at your plan, reset up the decade, uh, because it is a rolling decade uh, and we need to move and tack along with what the economy does, what life gives us. Uh, so it'll be a really good idea to relook at it and look at it from a decade perspective, what's going to happen next year, what's going to happen in three years' time, five years' time, and where is it heading in 10 years' time? It's a good point because it is a rolling decade mm. and there are always minor or sometimes even major adjustments that you need to do. But the importance is how you start because if your strategy absolutely pigeonholes you into one lane and mm. you can't move out of that lane, that's the wrong strategies we've talked yeah. about before because you throw into it seismic events such as a COVID or even before that a GFC and mm -hmm. even APRA to a degree over the last decade and those that weren't or didn't have the ability to tack almost became a victim of their yeah. own circumstances. Yeah. They did, they did. So it's very important that you always are in the now, mm. but you have a very firm focus Correct. Yeah. in the future. That's but right. You can't be too, can't be too holistic mm. because those long-term goals and just plucking numbers, well, I want to create a, an income, a residual income of $100,000, let's call it in 20 years' time. Mm. 20 years is a long way it's away. Very far away. And as humans, we tend to lose focus mm -hmm. over that period. So hence we designed the decade where we can say, well, let's set some tangible one, three, five, and 10-year goals because they're always just in front of us, mm -hmm. and we're 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 in the game all the time, so to speak. We're always interested yeah. because the the ABS data shows us that most investors hold their property for five years and then they lose interest. Mm. It's either they have made a million and it was purely by more good luck than good management, yep. or they haven't made a million and they've lost interest. And the next shiny thing yep. has taken their atten attention. So if we set those one, three, five, and ten year goals, we're always interested. We're always tuned. Mm. I'm, I'm glad you, you you plucked a figure, right? And you, you mentioned 100,000. And, and uh, one of the things when we are having initial discussions with a new investor or even a seasoned investor is uh, we ask, you know, where's this heading? What's the income goal? And you'd be amazed as to how many people come up with that hundred thousand dollars because it it's it's seems to be number. drummed into yeah. us. It's 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 a number that's that's uh, you know well rounded and and. Um, it's a good place to start, right? But certainly as the journey goes, uh, as the journey unfolds, uh, it needs to be readjusted. So that's that's why we do the reviews uh, and we, we look at 
uh, fine-tuning it. And uh, you mentioned uh, that you, know, you need to have the ability to tack. Now, you only have the ability to tack only if you know where you are right now. Right, so Very true. you'd you'd want to use this festive season. So um, because I'm assuming that you know you'll have some time off work uh, and and perhaps uh, you know a few days to recover from the hangover um, as well. But uh, you'd want to use this uh, time to actually know where you are right now, so that you can pre-plan for what's going to happen uh, for the rest of 2021. If you don't get your baseline. It's going to be very hard, right? So I'm going to pull an analogy over here, and, and you'll relate to this, Steve. Um, if you're going to Mudgee, as an mm-hmm. example, by road, obviously, yeah. uh, and, and as you're traveling along, you'll see these um, little signposts saying, you know, 51, 150. They're, they're the kilometers left to, to the destination, right? And this is what why we say one year, three year, five years, 10 years, right? Because we need to check, okay, we've only got 50 kilometers left. So... I can push a little bit more and then have a rest there. Uh, or if it's 150 kilometers, I better have a rest now and regroup and, and, and refocus so I can last the journey for that 150 kilometers. And that's the same with investing as well, that you need to have your milestone check-ins and you need to have your rest periods and you need to have your push-through periods as well. And, that's and a good point because mm. the rest periods, that could be a consolidation phase. Yes. Your push-through periods might be times what we've right got now. now. Yes, where we may have been in that consolidation phase, but the the ecosystem, the environment that's been given to us, mm-hmm. has given us the opportunity to be able to execute opportunities as we identify them, even though it probably wasn't in the plan. Yep. But the circumstances have determined that we should be acting now. And that's mm-hmm. not for everybody. That's a general general comment. Um, but it's the truth. Mm. There are a lot of, and I'll, if you, well, you can't say we're filming, sophisticated, yes. sophisticated <laughs> investors yes. um, that are using this moment in time as a moment in mm. time. And if we go back to the, to the beginning of COVID, and to be fair, none of us, no. none of us knew what the ramifications from a health perspective was going to be of COVID. Are we all going to die? Um, is there going to be a vaccine in a couple of weeks? No one knew. Mm. But what we did know was that the the economic and the financial ramifications through to from large economies down to the individual was a thing. It was yes. going to happen. But as we got used to the fact of a lockdown and we, we didn't like it. Initially. Initially, but <laughs> I grew to love it. Yep. it uh, but we got used to it. Mm-hmm. And I think economies got used to it as they got mobility. And we, we mentioned this many, many times during the beginning of COVID. Um, and a good point is watch the transactions or watch the high tent in search, mm-hmm. search activity go in line with mobility or lack of mobility. Yep. And it was pretty obvious to see they mirrored each other. Mm-hmm. I think the best best metrics is to just have a look at Victoria. Uh, it's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. And um, But as a result of that, as we got used to it, the sophisticated investor said, okay, now what can I do? We know the fundamentals are still there. We know that ABC123 is, and I'm being quite general clearly, is all in our favour, what can I do to take advantage of this situation in my own unique circumstances? Mm. And so there are a lot of people that purchased and are continuing to, and there are a lot of people that have sat on the sidelines, and a lot of the time rightly so because of job security, as you mentioned earlier on in the podcast, and their family unit and how the income is going to affect them there. Mm -hmm. Have they got enough buffers? Have they got enough capacities and thresholds to be able to survive unemployment? Hopefully they did. But then there are also people that are just 
that sit on the sidelines and it's human nature to start seeing results of other people mm. before they dip their toe into the market. And that's referred to, or you could think of that as FOMO. Yes. Soon as soon as people start seeing results, then, well, I better get on that, mm. that wagon as well. And you get the majority to do so, which is what we're starting to see now throughout certain sectors of Australia where, well, here's an example. On the weekend, there was 135 people at one particular mm-hmm. open home. Yeah, unheard of, unheard of. Yeah, think how far we've come in three months. Call yes. it six months. It was not very long ago that every major institution was talking around thirty percent drops. Mm-hmm. Then it was twenty. Then it was ten. Then it was zero. Now, at some say, some say it's up to eighteen to twenty-three yep. percent. All well, in such a short period of time. That's right. Which how shows fast it changes? Exactly. But it also shows you how fickle people's opinions and interpretations of data. Mm-hmm and guesstimations can be. You don't have to be very intelligent to sound or be negative Mm. around a market, but there has to be an air of or a certain degree of confidence within yourself, confidence within your ability to actually pull the trigger when everybody else isn't Mm -hmm. or go against the grain based on history, based on experience. Yes. And that's what a lot of people have done. That's true. And and, uh, this is... I guess in this day and era with social media, Facebook, Twitter, all the sort of stuff, right? People people are using that as a matrix as to where to invest. So what they're doing is really investing using someone else's metrics rather than bring it back to themselves to say, okay, this is what I've got right now and therefore this is what suits me from my financials, my plans for next couple of years based on career based on family based on uh, your tolerance for debt as well age um, age as well yeah mm-hmm. that, that's fairly important and um, um, we really need to bring it back to basics as, as we keep saying every single podcast and every single opportunity that that we we get because it is there that people get derailed if you if you st- stray away from the basics everything else that you do will not be on strong foundations and therefore it'll collapse at the worst time possible uh, right now, it's fairly easy to hold property because you've got record interest, uh, low interest rates. We've got uh, um, rents in most areas increasing, um, and, and a uh, keyword being most uh, in there. Uh, and or so, a lot, yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and and because it's easier to hold, people are also stretching themselves just a little bit, right? But we need to be looking at it from a worst case scenario, prepare for the worst case and aim for the best case. Whereas most people do it in reverse. They, they just um, you know, prepare for the best case and um, uh, really they disregard the worst case scenario. That makes, as you were saying that around the debt situation and learning because they're in the now mm-hmm. and potentially they didn't even have the experience of yesterday and, and what has happened and what could potentially happen. But Debt is a great servant, but it's a very bad master. Mm. And unfortunately, in the future, people will learn that lesson yes. the hard way. So debt is this productive debt and unproductive debt. And it won't take long. In fact, we've already started to see some of the the media or the ads on social media, television, and where, wherever it may be, around equity and mm. accessing equity. And, yep. you know, the, the I remember the old CBA equity, ads, mate. equity mate. Equity yeah. mate with the yeah. guy in, in the driveway yeah, in front yeah. of his boat and his yep. car. How'd you get mm-hmm. it? Equity mate. Yep. It's um, nothing against CBA, just saying. Uh, that's the disclaimer. Um, but we're starting to see those types, that type of rhetoric in the market mm-hmm. again as, as well. You know, the cost of money is cheap. So therefore I might go and take the 100% write down government incentive now mm. and go spend $100,000, $150,000 because 
I can write it down all in the first year, but people's understanding is we still got to pay for it. And what happens when you can't? Yeah. So once again, unproductive debt and productive debt. There mm-hmm. are so many variables in the economy at the moment. And if you've got good stock of your own situation, then act accordingly, mm. whether that be to do nothing or to move forward. But use this Christmas period as a good time to reset and do some housekeeping. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, w- you and I have known each other for a few decades. And uh, you know that this is, for me, the most exciting time because I get to reset, I, I look at my goals, uh, and uh, I, I'm big on setting goals. But this is this is where a lot of people also get derailed because they get these big, nice, fluffy goals that they're going to do X, Y, and Z, but there's no flow on from there. So all it is is a really good example, right? And, and this is probably not related to property, but it is in a way. Um, the gym membership in the beginning of the year spikes, right? It goes up probably 200, 300%. But by February, most of them get into dormant stage because they've let life take over. They've also, uh, it's been a moment in time in terms of, I need to get fit, I need to join a gym. But they haven't worked out what the end goal is going to be. And hence, they've started the journey but as we're talking about investment, so there's, there's three aspects of it, right? You've got to um, acquire, you've got to manage, and then you've got to consolidate. So they're not in the, they're just basically in the acquire phase of going join, joining a gym, but there's no management of it in the sense to say, you know what, I need to get up every morning at this time and, 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 and get someone to hold me accountable to turn up at the gym. I right? was just going to say that. It's a lonely journey when yeah. you're doing it yourself. That's right. And pretty much the same with anything. There's not that that network mm-hmm. of people around you to encourage you and to hold you accountable. You lose you lose faith, you lose momentum and yep. and you break nothing, habit. You break habit. Nothing's relevant to you. It's just yeah. it's easy to quit mm. is the and just to let it be and you know, life will take care of itself yep. scenario rather than as a collective moving forward mm. and holding each other accountable um, and that could be related to invest well, i know it is for me investing mm-hmm. we hold each other accountable Absolutely. on our goals we and so does our network imagine trying to do it yourself well mm-hmm. when we first started it was our yes it was, it was ourselves mm-hmm. um but the beauty was win or lose nobody knew mm-hmm. because there was nobody else really mm-hmm. doing it that you could as a collective talk about mm-hmm. um until it did become that way today there is so much information that is readily available and support that is readily available to anyone mm. in no matter what investment class they're looking to get involved in, whether it be shares or businesses or property or you know whatever it may be. The problem, so the thing is that people don't have an information problem, they have an execution problem. Yes. There's so much information, it's just, well, which way do I go? Mm. Do I go over here? Do I go over there? What's the strategy that suits me? And I'm not even sure that they actually ask themselves that question, mm-hmm. it's more about what is the best strategy rather than what is the strategy that suits me. Yeah, it's the quality of the question. In, the quality of the question will determine the quality of the answer. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you look at you know investing and using festive season to actually reset your goals uh, and knowing that there are three facets of investing, which is the acquisition, the managing of it, and then the consolidation, right? So let, let's talk about acquisition first. Uh, whether you are a beginning investor or whether you are a accomplished investor, you've got a couple of properties under your belt. Um, first of all, we need to look at it from a statistics point of view. Circa two and a half million investors in Australia, right, out of a population of twenty six million. So that tells you that 
you are a rare breed to begin with. Um, and out of that two and a half mil, only about 26,000 own more than six investment properties. Not saying that the number is pertinent, but for them to own more than six investment properties, they've done some planning in that sense. So the from the elite, the elite of the elite are, are only a minuscule, so 20, 20, circa 25,000 people, right? Um, and they've done something different. They've pre-planned. But they also know where their position is to begin with. So they know what platform they're starting off with, how much um, capital they've got, how much cash flow tolerance they've got. And they're also discussing with their peers, with their consultants, with their advisors as to what my next step should be. So it's not a, not a journey that they, they, they are undertaking alone. They're taking the journey with the support people. It's just it's like a race, racing driver, right? So the guy races around, but there's a huge support team in the pits, changing the tires, you know, making sure that they're calling out uh, if, if they're uh, running into trouble. So, so they're, they're pre-predicting uh, issues and speed humps along the way so that it makes the journey less, um, less chaotic in, in that sense. So investing is exactly the same. You are on a race, but you're on a race by yourself. You're racing against your own goals, own set goals. You're not racing against, you know, Joe down the Joe down the road has bought a duplex, so I need to buy a duplex in that area as well. It's not that because it's, it's tiered against your finance. Uh, and you're using the um, experience and the guidance of your advisors to help make that journey a lot faster and a lot more um, uh Fruitful, fruitful to get to the end goal. So that's the acquisition mm-hmm. stage, which yep. all starts, and everybody says the same thing. It starts with a goal yep. in mind to reverse engineer it mm-hmm. so that a strategy is created around your unique circumstances. Mm-hmm. So and I want to repeat that. The strategy is around your unique circumstances rather than what is a good strategy. Because yep. there's a hundred strategies out there mm. and there's a thousand strategies that are rubbish, but there's also a lot that work. But what's yes. the one that that suits you because unless you can execute, it's not a strategy, it's a concept. Yeah. And there's a big difference between a strategy and a concept. A concept is when you just, well, that looks really good, but we haven't done anything. Mm. It then once you start doing something, the strategy is deployed. That's right. So let's now, we've talked about the acquisition. Mm. So with the acquisition, they, they, you need to plan. There's planning. Planning before you actually buy. Most people, uh, they go ready, fire, aim, right? We need to go ready, aim, fire. Correct. So. The ready bit is getting your finance in order, right? So making yourself more attractive to the bank, knowing where you are in terms of cash flow and capital, uh, and and doing basic housekeeping, right? So it's not just property. You need to look at all of your expenditure as well in terms of insurance. Like I'll give an example, right? So my, my uh, comprehensive car insurance was due, right? and I've always been with a certain um, um, uh, insurer. Uh, and I just went to compare the market and, and uh, plugged in. And getting exactly the same, I saved myself $2,000 a year, right? Now, that's looking that on up. on a car? On a car. On a car. Oh, yeah. Is that a Bentley or something? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. No, the Bentley's a different story. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was on a Kia. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so but by saving the $2,000, now all of a sudden I freed up cash flow right, to help hold on to my investments as an example. So you're looking at that, what can you do without changing lifestyle significantly 
from what you've got in terms of expenditure what can you free up it could be something as simple as you're paying principal and interest on your loans at the moment can you turn that to interest only to help use that principal principal component that you're already using right now to help hold on to another property so if we talk about ready aim fire as you aptly put it mm-hmm. the readiness that we're we're starting to compile now other than our strategy other than our goal is all about finance yes and because that is that gives us the ability to be able to move forward mm-hmm. or not now contrary to what the markets and the the media and the different social media platforms will have you believe that you know money is easy to get and it's very very cheap on the surface it is but for the majority of people it's still quite a forensic process mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is there's a lot of lead work to get a pre-approval or to get a loan and just say just as a side note too if you are entertaining purchasing you don't want to be finding the house and getting the finance yep. you want to be armed with the pre-approval mm-hmm. yep absolutely uh, critical in today's environment that we are so the lead up to finance takes some work mm. and I typically know, about six weeks if, you, yep. if you're really starting from scratch well I was I was actually going to say that I've got some clients where we're into month five mm. and they're still making the, the minor adjustments to get the right product yep for the right opportunity um, and the reason behind that is because they've got an element of sophistication whether it be multiple properties mm-hmm. and you know, self-employed or what have you but it's not an overnight it's not yeah. an overnight result mm-hmm. and the Christmas is going to take another four to six weeks out of it if you let it. Mm. But you can still be making those strategic moves now, then having some methodical patience yes. so that over the Christmas period, stuff is still moving in the background for mm. you so that you can hit the ground running, should you choose to, in the beginning of the year rather than using January 1 as this ultimate reset button to start. Mm. It shouldn't be that way. No. You should be starting now. Now. Yeah. So that you can activate in the new That's year. right. Yeah. So you hit the ground running. Yeah, so we, we've done ready. So the aim bit is uh, honing down the strategy. Okay, what are we buying? Where are we buying? What's it mean in terms of cash flow in the portfolio? Uh, what are the constraints in terms of finance that, uh, that steers us into a particular area? So this is where you actually sit down with your consultant and um, map out a plan of what you're trying to get. What, what, what is it? Is it? Is it a unit is it a house is it a house with development potential uh, what does the cash flow look like on it uh, and then finally it's the fire is the actual execution of going and finding the is that, the, is that no pun intended no pun intended right. <laughs> <laughs> um, i can actually see the heading of this po- podcast now ready aim fire yeah. that's what we'll go with so but with the just coming back to the aim for a minute because people's people's aim can be quite erratic mm-hmm. at times because it's whatever's shiny yeah or what potentially is moving faster. Yeah. Yeah. On the surface. Yes. And if it's moving faster now, there's a good chance that you've missed the boat. Correct. But the it's so, so people tend to take on on board and aim for what is shiny and what is gaining or getting the most media attention, mm-hmm. which is often for all the wrong reasons or not understanding the reasons why in yep. today. Is it a short term uh, movement in value or is this going to be a continual um, perpetuation of i.e. the fundamentals correct yeah so if we let's get it let's use an example here now so there's a lot of regional areas that are doing very very well and we're regional investors as well mm-hmm. um, where it matters and where it counts and where it works but there are some areas which are we've talked about this before which are subpar regional we'll call them 
where there's been a transient shift from the metropolitan areas out to these areas that have seen pretty good price growth, to be fair. However, when there's not a lot of transactions because the area is quite small, you don't need a lot of transactions to affect the data. Yep. Yep. So we've got to keep that in mind. However, what happens... So it's a tree change. It's mm-hmm. the ultimate tree change. Yeah. So what happens when we get back to an element of normality in the future, whether that be next month, next year, or in five years' time, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, where, as we've talked about before, the majority of the workforce will go back to the office environment. Yep. Now, whether that be on a 4-1 or a 3-2 is yet to be seen, but it will happen in, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Then you have a choice if you're too far away from work because you've been working remotely thanks to technology – to move back to Metropolis or to quit your job yeah, and find another job to replace your income in a subpar area without enough economy drivers. Mm-hmm. And so you're at this pinch point of a decision-making time. So what you will see is this reversal of population yeah. growth in these smaller areas back to Metropolis where mm-hmm. the jobs are and you'll get the decrease in value. That's right. So the, the trend in population at the moment is transient in nature rather than uh, traditional and long-term in nature, right? Of course, they have yeah. underlying fundamentals, right? Where people do do the tree, ta- tree change and the sea change uh, in, in that sense. Um, but we still haven't I know, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm smiling at you. So what Victor's referring to there in the tree change and sea change, in the, ve- in the very beginning of mm-hmm. COVID, I tried to get... C change mark two as in the letter C yeah out in COVID just Mm. saying but it just never took off never took off I'll try it I'll keep going with it (laughs) so there is that that massive transient Mm -hmm. shift in population now whether that be a long lasting effect is yet to be seen I have a feeling that it it will Mm -hmm. and that we will see that pendulum swing back the other way once again I stress in the subpar regional areas not in the major regional areas Mm. where there's multiple income drivers, uh, economy drivers and the like, that will stay solid. Which is one of the fundamentals, right? The yep. Access to employment, right, within reasonable driving distance is really important for growth and, and population stability in an area. Yeah, because technology is clearly enhancing every day and it will mm-hmm. continue to do so. But as humans, we need collaboration. We need culture. That's right. And we can only get that by... Mingling with each other. There's only so many Zoom calls you can do to try and make culture. It doesn't happen. True story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 9,436 <laughs> and counting. Um, but it's good. It's, it's, but, even, but on a serious note, COVID, the silver, the silver lining in this has just brought forward what we can do. Mm, absolutely. As, yeah. Yeah, as, a, as an economy working remotely to a mm-hmm. degree and, and adapt very, very quickly. Mm. Um, there's been a lot of good things come out of COVID. Like, yes, there's been job loss, economy hits, health at the top of it. And that's mm-hmm. that's all very, very sad. But there's also an element of a, what did you, I think you said it in the beginning, a massive reset. Mm-hmm. Draw the line in the sand for a lot of people and let's change direction and move forward. And that's yeah. where we're up to today. And, and it, it's brought to the forefront, like, what people really want out of life in terms of employment in terms of um, lifestyle in terms of area they want to be and also in terms of uh, really looking at it from a viewpoint of anything's possible anything's possible especially when finances um, the interest rate is so low uh, the the dream seems to be achievable and this is where in adversity this is where there is a flow of wealth from people that are prepared 
um, sorry, from people that are unprepared to the people that are prepared, right? And this is where you'd want to use this time to become that group of prepared people so that next year there's a flow of wealth to you. And it usually happens every major crisis. Yes, it does. And I know we keep going back to the GFC as the sort of comparable crisis mm-hmm. to some degree, um, which was universally affecting everybody as is this is, as this is. There was a massive transfer of wealth mm-hmm. at that point in time across all different sectors. And we can already see it happening today again throughout the different sectors. I'm not talking about just property either. Yes. Um, but it's not just those that are educated that had a go. It's the, it was those that were willing to mm. have, a, have a go yeah. at something in a methodical fashion though so that it wasn't just throw caution to the wind. Maybe there was some degree of that but it was I've done enough recon, I've done enough education, I am now going to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling the trigger. I'm ready, I've aimed, now I'm firing. Yep, absolutely. So that was that was acquisition. right? What most people then forget is that once you've got a portfolio or as you're getting a portfolio, there's a management component of it as well where you're managing the debt, you're managing the day-to-day running of the portfolio and you're also managing your mindset and education as well along the way. Let's just go back to the acquisition just for one moment because mm-hmm. people keep looking for the diamond in the rough. Yes. Well, that was the old. That was that's that, the old. That was the old expression. Now yeah. it's now it's the unicorn. Unicorn. Yeah. Let's let's find the unicorn, the unicorn property. Screw that. Give me the workhorse. <laughs> yes. Like that's what yeah, I want. Absolutely. That's I, the one that's going to get in the money. Yeah, because I yeah. want to know the unicorn is something that's flashy and it does a lot very quickly, potentially with no fundamentals behind it. The workhorse is the one that is there through the good, the bad. And keeps delivering. Mm-hmm. It's dependable. Use, it's dependable. Let's look, and that's what we've always said: judge a property on a crisis, mm. not when everything else is going up. How does it work for you when everything else is bad? Yeah. So get the workhorse, not the unicorn. I like that. Yeah. So uh, management, right? So um, obviously you're going to manage the portfolio. So the acquisition phase of it, you're going to manage the finance and the financial aspect of it. And you also got to manage the mindset, your mindset and, and your um, investing partner's mindset. So that could be a spouse, it could be a brother, it, it's whoever's um, investing with you uh, or also guiding you, right? So if, you, if you're um, flocking around with negative people, it's going to drag you down. So what you want to do is lean on people that have had more achievement than you have. Um, so you are always punching above your weight. Uh, in that sense, uh, if you look at it from a, a, and and this is this is um, uh, saying it as respectfully as possible, right? Most people, when they're starting out, especially the younger generation, they're starting out uh, to invest. They're guided by their parents, right? And they are then therefore guided by their debt paradigm. They're also guided by their life experience. Uh, and the simple question you need to ask is, okay, what's their level of success, right? Have they invested well? Have they invested via luck or have they invested via planning? I think we're going to see a change though. Mm. It won't be necessarily guided by their parents. It'll be guided by the internet. Yes. Guided by the social media. Whoever's noisier. Yeah. Mm. Guided by Big Brother. Yeah. That's what it'll that's what it'll come down to because whatever's shiny, whatever's instant on the news feed and, and people's success stories and, and what have you, which mm. is usually exaggerated which then comes back to the collaboration that you have with your team or your 
um, your friends, whatever it may be, that you could collectively move in the same direction. And I, I keep saying collectively because it is a collective effort. Yep. Very rarely do we see people that are successful individually, mm-hmm. like just absolutely cocoon themselves and are by themselves, they counsel themselves and they move forward. That's a unique individual. Mm-hmm. 99.9% of the time, the successful investors have three, four, five people, a dozen people around them, which they can lean on and help make decisions. That could be advisors, that could be accountants, solicitors. Good mortgage brokers. Great mortgage brokers, uh, or even just other investors who are willing to share not just their success, but their failures. Yeah. Because anyone can make up the good numbers, but mm-hmm. show me the show me the bad real numbers. You know, mm-hmm. that's like you only need it if you make the same mistake, the same mistake twice. Exactly right. Exactly right. So um, earlier on, Steve, we were talking about how we've had a run of repairs in our individual mm. portfolios, right? And and it it comes and goes. Um, and I guess one of the management tools that you need to have is obviously have the understanding of the need for maintenance, when and when not to do it. Um, having a, a solid plan in terms of knowing that every appliance, every aspect of the property has got a lifetime. Has a shelf life. Yeah, it's got a shelf yeah. life, yeah. So we need to be planning towards that, but more importantly, we need to be managing the property manager um, to help manage the property. Most people go on to manage the property rather than the property manager. Um, this is where you need to train yourself and, and put put um, simple measures in place to help you uh, manage that aspect of property investing. So in my uh, in my portfolio and, and as as you do in yours, we've got a dedicated email address for our statements. We've got a dedicated email address for our maintenance requests, right? Um, and and knowing that it's devoid from the daily clutter of emails because it's a specific email address that you're getting those those um, uh, emails to. And potentially millions of dollars yes. write, writing on it. That's right, yeah. yeah. So you want to have it as a uh, entity, standalone entity uh, or a business on its own. Uh, and so you've got a business, which is property investing, and each property is a branch of your larger company and that's how you need to look at it so one branch may be profitable the other branch that year is not profitable because it's going through a renovation mm-hmm. right so you're refitting the shop and all the sort of stuff right so if you're using that analogy um, so therefore in that year you are investing some capital in it so that the ensuing years you'll get some more cash flow out of it or, or consistency out of it and that's how i look at my portfolio is that each property has got its own unique plan within the overall investing plan. So it's got its own mini goal that heads the entire portfolio towards the larger goal. Yeah, and I, I look at it the same way and maybe just a different way of looking at it or explanation is that each, each property has an absolute reason for being in the portfolio. Yes. It's not a matter of, well, this is value, I'll buy that. Mm. So it's another front door to the portfolio. It is how does it complement what I already have, mm. and how does it actually propel the portfolio forward? So whether that be a, a pigeon pair scenario where we're mm. trying to create cash flow or equity, whatever, whatever it looks like at that point in time, there is a reason for being yep. there. Gone are the days of buying, well, I'm just going to go out and buy 30 properties as a just as a number, and it'll grow by 5% every year forever and ever, amen, and I'm just going to create that wealth base. Mm. Those days probably were never there, um, but they were certainly well talked about. Yep more so than ever, especially to, with today's 
environment that we have. Not, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm just talking about um, governance, compliance, and all the other factors around um, monetary policy, mm. i.e. the loan to you, more so than ever, everything needs to be tactical. Yep, yep. Every step you take. Absolutely. And, and part, of, part of managing uh, that, that portfolio is also managing the mortgages, right? So they, they, you don't bury your head in the sand to say, okay, you know, it's ticking along um, uh, and it's fine. You need to always come back to it at least at the very, very minimum annually to see, okay, is this the right product still for this particular property and for my portfolio? Is there a potential where we can restructure the debt to and further enhance the cash flow? Um, it's amazing the number of people you and I sit down in front of where they haven't had a look at the interest rate or given today's interest rate and, and because they were told about a year ago that they can't that qualify. That was the best it could get. Yeah, um, it's it sort of, it's on the back burner and, and the and the um, uh, the most hardest thing when you're looking at a portfolio in terms of uh, cash flow is if it's not impacting lifestyle, right? You're not feeling the per in the hip pocket. That is the most dangerous aspect of investing is when you're not feeling it. Yes. Yeah, because when you're not feeling it, you're not concentrating on it, and you are just mm. getting by, and you might be getting by yep. really easily. But have you ever noticed when you actually need the money and the and the rates are high, and you're mm. scrambling for the cash flow? Yep, you are all in. That's right. You are managing that particular moment in mm. time, making the phone call, seeing the broker, talking to the accountant, having reviews with us, or whatever mm. it may be. That's when you're active. Mm. The dangerous part of it is when you don't need to be. Correct, yeah. So, uh, you know, we don't want the get portfolio to get to that. Now, what, we're not saying that your portfolio should be uh, should be costing you heaps of dollars so you're no. actually uh, feeling the impact. What we're trying to say is that you need to be on the numbers. You need to understand what it is costing you or what is it bringing in so that we can look at uh, the various operational parts of it, i.e. the mortgage, the rates, um, the, the rent, the property management, the maintenance, um, and, and fine-tune that all along the way so that more and more it be- becomes less imposing in terms of drag on cash flow uh, and you're using um, the information to shape and, and, and form the portfolio. And it also gives you that ability to not be transactional but strategic in your further acquisitions as well. It's a great point because if you're not feeling it, which is not a bad place to mm. be, it's a good place to it's be. It's a great place yeah. to be. But what's the opportunity cost? Mm-hmm. It could be just a restructure of the loan, a tweak here, a tweak there, maybe increase some rent, change an insurer and negotiate a rate. And you've gone from a position of being, maybe not being able to, to borrow again to mm-hmm. now being able to or increasing the loan amount, um, pre-approval, whatever it may be. Or it just might be there's a little bit more fat yes. in the portfolio. So either way, be in... Be invested in your own situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, never be passive. Property is not passive. No, no. It, it, it isn't. And it neither is it a 40-year plan. It's a one-year plan repeated 40 times, mm-hmm. right? Because oh, you, need like to man- <laughs> you need to manage it every single year, every single month to be exact, uh, to know where it is so that you know where it's going. You can project and you can change directions of it based on what you need in life and what the economy is doing and what the portfolio is bringing to you to begin with, right? So um, it's really important to uh, have a finger on the pulse so that that way you're then transitioning into your consolidation phase, which is the other thing that you want to be looking at uh, over Christmas, right? Like a lot of people think that consolidation happens in the end. Mm. Consolidation actually starts right in the beginning, 
Yeah. Right? It could be consolidation of expenses. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, or, mm. or, or the entire position. And I mm. think, once again, that's a really good point because it's not always about purchasing. Yes. Sometimes you'll make more money by doing nothing and taking stock mm. of the situation, but also being active in your own environment. Yeah, yeah, as it is. Now, if we go back to the Ready, Aim, Fire, and we've talked about preparation, we've talked about execution, or sorry, location, then we've talked about execution and now management. Mm-hmm. It's about managing the managers. Yes. It's taking stock of the situation continually. It's the 40-year plan once every year. Mm-hmm. I want to say that's mine. <laughs> I want to steal that. It's, um, but it's So you're Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, are you? it's um no it uh, but it's something that is evolving all the time there is no one plan Mm -hmm. and this is this comes down to the reviews that we hold as many times as we can because it is always evolving there are so many different components there are not there are not four blocks there are not four pillars they all intermingle don't they 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 come together but there's more there's more there's not four pillars of investing here they are Mm -hmm. i mean from a holistic point of view there might be but there's about 144 yeah because there are so many different moving parts and components which need constant attention attention review or or movement so Mm -hmm. that you're actually getting the best out of everything that you possibly could and here's the here's the upside that we really haven't talked about the more you involve yourself the better you become educated yeah and shouldn't you be educated when you've got a couple of million dollars on the line? Absolutely. Like yep. it's anyway. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So uh, using using that segue in terms of consolidation, right? Um, in in this uh, festive season, that's what you're doing. You're consolidating all of your experiences of the last decade, more so the last year, i.e., twenty twenty. And using that to help you consolidate your position for the following ten years, right? But we uh, we're drilling it back to twenty twenty one. So what's going to happen in in this one year? And then we're also setting up milestones for uh, to, uh, three years down the track and five years down the track, uh, knowing that our aiming point is ten years down the track in terms of this is where the position needs to be. Now it doesn't mean that. Uh, it's the number of properties you're acquiring. It doesn't mean that it's where you're acquiring. What it means is taking stock, putting plans in place, and then actually executing that plan. So in other words, pick up the phone, uh, call someone, call us, uh, call, call your advisor, call your accountant, call your mortgage broker to start that ball rolling within the first two weeks of January um, so that you're gaining traction. Otherwise, mid-January to, to the tail end of January, you've got your work taking over, right? So you are then working within the plans of your work environment as opposed to the working within the plants of your environment. And it's, and it's more noisy. Yes. Yeah, you've just gone back, you've, maybe you've come back from a Christmas break, you're back at work, you're a little depressed, life sucks, I'm back at work, but you're fully immersed in that is, mm-hmm. what, is, is what you're trying to say and so there's no time True. for anything else. Um, the, the, the moves that you do now will hold you in good stead. What will, this is what will happen though. People, the majority of people will come, I'm talking about the general public here, the majority of people will go away, they'll have a break, whether it be for two days, two weeks, a month, whatever it may be, set the New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. come back you know, with, their, with their hands up, ready to swing the bat and make some big moves right here, right now for the rest of their life, but so will everybody else. Yes. And so what you will see is accountants, advisors, brokers have this channel of people they're trying to accommodate mm-hmm. and you'll be but one of those people somewhere down the line. So 
in real terms, it could be March. Yeah. Or even April before you're actually doing something. Now, that doesn't mean that oh, the longer it takes, the worse it is. Sometimes it needs to take that long mm-hmm. to get all the pieces in the right order. But shortcut the process. Or Sorry, not, not shortcut the process. Start earlier. Whatever you can do mm-hmm. this side of the year, you should be doing it yep. now. Even if it's having that conversation with your advisor, your broker or your accountant, whatever it may be, just so that you know, here's the question, what are my next steps? Mm-hmm. What have I got to do to do X, Y, Z? You'll get the answer and activate. Yeah. It's yeah. as simple as that. Just, just remember that, you know, the quality of your question will determine the quality of the answer and the quality of the guidance, right? Because you need to know um, uh, very well within your mind where you want to head and then you ask for guidance in a sense. And, and of course, to work out where you need to head, perhaps there is a consultation beforehand or, or some literature or some exercises that you need to do uh, before you get able to work that out. And then that allows you to ask the right questions of the right uh, team players to help guide you towards that. What are some tips for the Christmas period? What shouldn't you do? Don't make your resolutions on New Year's Eve. Right? You're, you're, you're half drunk to begin with, most people. Uh, and and by midday, January 1st, you've already forgotten about it because you're still recovering from a hangover, right? So, uh, me personally, I do my goal setting for the following year between Boxing Day and New Year's Day, right? Mm. So that on New Year's Day uh, or, or 2nd of January, I'm ready to hit the ground running and I've already hit the ground running because I've already starting to send out emails. I'm already starting to reach out and, and set meetings for my uh, advisors. Uh, and and um, uh, we have got, got our advisors and yeah, we, we advise do. each other mm-hmm. uh, and we've got... Um, have, you, have you booked in with me yet? Uh, no, <laughs> apparently your diary is too full. <laughs> it seems like you got, you are on a holiday or something. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, but no, it's a good point. Like, don't get caught up in the moment. Yep. Yeah, think it through. Mm. And Take your time. Yeah. Take your time. It's... It, now it sounds like we're contradicting what we said earlier on, but do take your time because mm. you want to give it some serious, yeah. some serious thought. Uh, one of the things that you shouldn't be doing Christmas, doing through the Christmas holiday break, if you will, uh, if you're travelling and if you're going, oh yeah, so favourite one, isn't it? Yeah, don't don't buy the holiday home. Mm-hmm. Don't sorry, don't buy where you're holidaying. Yeah, because uh, you're being emotional. Yeah, you're emotionally wrapped in yeah. that moment, um, and you've got a different filter. Mm-hmm filter on now sometimes it does make sense to do it perhaps mm-hmm. um 90 of the time it does i was going to say but most <laughs> of the time it does most of the time it doesn't um but more so now even those holiday areas you'll be skewed by the data because those holiday areas throughout australia or the east coast especially have actually had some pretty solid growth mm. during COVID as everybody runs for the hills so to speak and so we've seen the data which is always reverse facing, start to show positive signs in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. But there's not enough fundamentals. It's a moment in time. Correct. And well, I'm not complaining about that. My my holiday home, as well as yours, because it's in the same area, has done very well. I don't know, very if, well. I, I don't know if I was telling you my um, – and for the, uh, if you haven't heard the story before, it's a service department off the plan holiday unit – on the coast. It ticks all the boxes for a good investment. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's what, not what to do. But thanks to COVID, my neighbour has contacted us and said, what price? Mm-hmm. Ours is too small. We want yours as well. So it's name your price. Happy and days. Well, it's not because now I'm saying, well, no, I want it. Yeah. I want to keep it now because you want it. I want to yeah. keep it. No fundamentals, no app, no thought process behind mm-hmm. it, no logic behind it. Um, 
other than don't buy the holiday home too early. True. So to speak. What other lessons not to do? Not lessons, but what not to do during the Christmas period? Well, um, don't rack up the credit card debt. I mean, um, don't be an impulsive buyer, right? And, and um, um, a very long time ago, one of my friends, uh, he had a really simple um, methodology to stop himself from spending. He used to put his credit card in a, in a bowl of water and put it in the freezer. So it became a block of ice with the card in the middle. So if you want to find something that he wanted, you have to thaw out the cart, literally, uh, <laughs> to, to purchase, right? And by the time, the impulse has gone, and <laughs> it worked fun. a treat. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best. It, um, so, so, in other words, put your cart on ice. Oh, was that like a true story, or was that like a funny one? True one. True one, really. yeah. It, um, or better still, just don't have a credit card. Yeah. And I know that flies in the face of the points junkies mm-hmm. and let other people's money work for you. Um, yeah, it, it, but the, I'm just not a credit card yeah, fan. The, it, the, that that paradigm only works if we let other others other money work for you. Is if you're paying off the debt in time, right? Mm. And, and true to true to form, most people have upheavals in their income, and you trip up once, it becomes a habit, and and you say, you know what, I won't pay off the balance this month, mm. right? You have to be really really disciplined, and uh, here's here's where where it is that discipline can go really easily. When there's adversity, absolutely, it um, you have the money before you need it. Yes, at the end of the day, but suddenly you using other people's money when you miss it, mm-hmm. it's them using your money. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's other people's money in in reverse. Yeah. Um, not giving any advice. I just don't like credit cards. Mm-hmm. I don't want that opportunity to be able to miss the, you know, miss that pay scrape clean mm-hmm. end of the month and then be behind the eight ball. So I use a debit Visa card. I don't get as many points, but at least it's my money. Yep. Call me old-fashioned. Yeah, you'll um, actually see mothballs flying out of Steve's wallet when he opens it every single time. So. Do you know what I'm actually thinking about getting? That. <laughs> no, I'm actually thinking about getting rid of the wallet because mm-hmm. it's now all on the on the phone on the phone. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Um, so I guess y- you could use technology uh, going forward in 2021 uh, to make your management of your portfolio, your finances, and all that uh, a lot more easier. Well, do you know what? Having said that, and all of our clients would know this, that they have a portfolio tracker. Yes. Um, of which is what we use when we sit together to do our reviews to analyse their situation and make suggestions. But it's on Google Drive, so therefore the app's on your mm-hmm. phone. So at any point in time, literally your portfolio is at your fingertips if you've... You can bring up the numbers when you have, a, when you have a, t- a moment and when you need to check on something. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's it, Vic. That's it. Yeah. That's a year. That's a wrap for 2020. In the film version, anyway. Yes. We've got one more to do. Yes, absolutely. Um, with Phil over at SPI. Um, Hopefully he buys the drinks this time around. It'd be nice for a change. Yeah, I know. Oh, come over to North Sydney, he says. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's been a massive year and there are so many, so many things that are going to happen next year which we don't even know about it. We're mm-hmm. still, you know, there's a, vi- uh, there's, a, there's a virus apparently. There's a vaccine uh, that is now... Being, I think the first patient got it yesterday mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, that'll be interesting to see how it goes. I did notice that the federal government have said, look, all international immigration or overseas visitors is now pushed back till March, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So there's another sort of handbrake uh, on the economy. We've got JobKeeper, JobSeeker that finishes. Yep, and the potential easing of credit as well. In terms the of easing of credit. Loans. We've got the, uh, the stamp duty scenarios in, in some states in yeah. some states uh, new south wales and uh, victoria. more so uh, victoria's 
kind of now anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, New South Wales next year, we told you so. Yes. Yes. Um, and a lot of other moving parts, mm-hmm. but a lot, all of it for me is moving in the right direction. Yep. Um, we still go back to the basics of fundamentals being supply and demand, and mm-hmm. there is a very skinny pipeline of accommodation in the right areas. Mm-hmm. As a result, we're already seeing uh, rents increase, price increase. No matter what the the main main mainstream media is telling you, um, which is changing now, there has been growth. Yes. And in fact, last week, uh, CoreLogic brought out the results. Every state and territory had an increase in price. Mm-hmm. And now I notice that some of the major platforms are starting to have that pendulum swing from... Negative to positive. S- yeah, put a fork yeah. in your eye through to, well, now things are looking pretty good. You'll become a millionaire in three years. Yes. It's starting already. Mm. The perpetuation or self-fulfilling prophecy is in its early stages, which is a shame. Mm. I mean, some people are rubbing their hands together and saying this is awesome, but you know, for us, we like consistency rather than peaks and troughs. Yeah, yeah. look, we, we are super excited by uh, the prospects of 2021. Uh, and if you um, have got your plans together and if you wanted to reach out and sit down with us uh, so that we can help you um, further your portfolio plans, whether you're a first-time investor or whether yeah, even you just to get started, get, getting started, um, reach out to us. Uh, at just ping us on Facebook or go to our website, writepropertygroup.com.au and um, uh, you will be able to sit down with uh, either myself or Steve. There is a bit of a process beforehand. Uh, you will be speaking with uh, Melissa uh, first, uh, and uh, this is to work out uh, how um, we can help you to begin with, uh, and also to uh, get you to do some pre-work before you sit down with us, so that we can guide you far better. How, how dedicated are you? Yes, is, is the that, that's what we're trying to find out. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts there, but take the first initial mm-hmm. step anyway. So everybody have a a great, safe, festive season. Festive season. Uh, another year gone of the filmed version of Investing Insights and no doubt we'll be back again next year. We'll see you then. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature, does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you.